knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone, to the show, Big Dave and Joe, as we talk uh, poker here on Poker Action Line, as we uh, always do. But things are getting very close to home here. Things kicking off over at the Seminole Hard Rock uh, this afternoon with a big charity event that kicks off at 7. Actually, the party was just starting when I was over there this afternoon before we do the show here. Uh, it benefits the Jason Taylor Foundation, the former Miami Dolphin uh, defensive end. And uh, I guess champion of Dancing with the Stars as well. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first question I would ask him is, does he get more people asking him about his NFL career or about his Dancing with the Stars victory? Yeah, let me tell you. Remember, there was big news down here, too, when he was doing so well. And he actually was quite good at it. Yeah, he was very good. Anyway, the charity event uh, with the WPT and uh, Monster Headphones uh, sponsoring uh, we'll kick that off at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, by the time we post the show, it'll actually be underway. Uh, probably will not be enough time for you to get involved if you're just hearing about it for the first time. But hopefully you have heard about it over the past few weeks. We talked a little about it last week. And it's a $300 entry fee and a uh, great charitable cause. And, and tremendous uh, silent auction going on with some great items as well. So um, we'll be checking that out uh, after the show. I'm heading over to uh, see what's going on over there. Uh, just some of the added tournament prizes. There's a, a seat to the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Showdown, which starts on Friday. There'll be uh, some rock star baskets, which always uh, seem to involve guitars and that sort of thing, autograph <laughs> guitars. Great stuff with the Hard Rock. Uh, they have a uh, uh, set of monster headphones and a WPT chipset. Also, uh, resort packages at the hotel, uh, not only here, but also in Mexico and other places as well. And then they have a silent auction, uh, an outing with Jason Taylor uh, and a pair of uh, Jason Taylor game-worn cleats. A lot of great prizes. Uh, Autograph memorabilia from uh, football players, uh, Jack Nicklaus and the Masters. Uh, framed jersey from the movie Slapshot, signed by the Hanson brothers. <laughs> that was such That's a, a fantastic movie. item. Anyway, spa packages and gift baskets and uh, bottles of uh, liquor and all kinds of things. Anyway, uh, that all kicks off very shortly, and I'll go check out and see what's happened over there. Uh, the last big charity event they had down there uh, last year had some uh, big celebrities, uh, some actors and actresses, uh, Sasha Barisi, um, Mackay Pfeiffer, who uh, played on... Uh, ER, uh, Greg Pratt on ER, and also was in 8 Mile and a couple other big films. And uh, we'll see who's there tonight, uh, but uh, usually draws a lot of uh, interesting local celebrities, and the players are coming into town for Friday's uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Showdown. Just one entry day this year. You can uh, re-enter on that day, but uh, it's not going to be a series yeah, of opening days and like usual. We've discussed that. I wonder what their final total is going to be with that. But yeah. there is no guarantee, though, right, for that? Or is there is there? Yeah, a, there's a guarantee. What's Because uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what the guarantee was well, for I that. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, uh, we'll get it for you in a little bit. I think it's, That's uh, a pretty bold move, doing that just one day. I think like it's that. $2 million if, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, they were, had $1,100 tournament going on today when I was over there. They had 253 entries, so they knocked that one out of the park yeah. uh, big time. So uh, a lot of big names in town uh, for the action, and uh, we'll be checking that out. Uh, I know that uh, Rob Mizrahi, 
finished second in a tournament this week, and uh, uh, we'll try to report some of the results <coughs> from some of the earlier things. But just some of the players I saw over there before, Matt Stout, uh, Mike Beasley, uh, Stu Patterson, Neil Blumenfield was over there, uh, Josh Beckley is playing this week, Daryl Fish, and then a lot of the locals like that uh, are here as well. So uh, Joe McKeon is here playing as well. I think he already got knocked out of the 1100, but he'll be playing this week in the in the big ones. And then, of course, big namers coming in from all over town that will be in for Friday. We always seem to have a, a who's who's list of the poker world whenever the Hard Rock has a, has a big tournament. Yeah, on. absolutely, absolutely. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, it's, a, it's a big week because uh, there's a lot of discussion about some of the stuff that's going on. In fact, uh, I want to have a discussion uh, and maybe an interview that we'll carry next week with Matt Savage, who will be in town to... Uh, uh, help with the uh, WPT broadcast, which uh, they will tape the Tournament of Champions, which is new this year. Uh, they have the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown, and then there's two other events. There's a uh, grand finale that's a $10,000 buy-in that will uh, start on uh, uh, Sunday, and then there's a 25000 high roller that starts on Tuesday, and then next week on the, uh, the 22nd, which is uh, one week from Friday, they will start the Tournament of Champions, which is only open to people who have won a WPT event in the past, which is, means it's limited which, to, which to 227 it, former champions. Which makes champions. it a true Tournament of Champions. Yeah, absolutely. And a uh, lot of huge uh, added uh, prizes there that we'll talk about. They're going to be taping that one for the TV show later in the year, the WPT uh, Tour. And uh, they're going to have a 30-second shot clock, action clock is what they're calling it. I want to get into that discussion in just a second here. But uh, some people are not too happy about it, but the majority of the people, I think, think it's long overdue. Oh, I, I personally think it's long overdue. Um, you know, the, 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 you can't be taking this long on, on decisions. I mean, the, the, maybe at the end of final table, something like that, but, you know... The, Come on, decisions can be made a lot quicker than than taking three, four, five minutes every, every single time your, your time comes up that you have to make a, a choice on what, what you have to do. So I think it's long, long overdue. Well, the one the one player that uh, really is uh, making a big scene on Twitter is uh, Jordan Christos, who is known as one of the slowest players that there is. And he is very angry about this and... Saying how he's going to tank and use every bit of his 30 seconds several times, but the, that only hurts him because if he does it early, you're allowed. Uh, here, here's how it works basically: uh, there's 30 seconds on each move, and the dealers. And I want to get into this with you a little bit. Well, the dealers have to uh, give the players a 10 second warning. Uh, they restart the clock each time the player makes a bet and goes to the next player. So they're going to constantly have to be clicking this 30-second shot clock and taking care of the time. So that's a whole added uh, responsibility, and I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Later on, um, you'll be given a time bank in the form of extension chips. You'll get four chips uh, to provide you with an extra 30 seconds four different times, which you can use all on one hand, on several different hands. The smart thing, obviously, would be to save it for when you have a really big decision, uh, maybe with your uh, tournament life on the line. So uh, so in total, it'll be two minutes of extra time if they have four extra chips for 30 seconds each. Well, that's the extra that's ones. That's the, uh, the extra two minutes yeah. besides the 30 besides seconds the 30 that you're going to be time. getting each time. Uh, here's how it works. Uh, it's basically called a shot clock. Uh, uh, it's controlled by the dealer, it's, and the cl- action clock starts as soon as the last card is dealt during the pre- pre-flop round. So when the, the deal's a hand, 
Everybody has a card, clicks the button, the 30 seconds starts. If a player bets or raises, uh, the clock on the next player starts once the dealer counts the bets and announces the amount at the table. Okay. So this is a lot of extra work for the dealers. Yes, it's something it is. they don't normally do. You don't yes, normally say and, and uh, I can that's a $3,500 bet. Unless they have been you know, working very hard with these guys and, and, and their training methods, um, just going back to my dealing days, it's just not a natural thing that you're, you're, you're trained to do. So how smoothly this is going to go, Big Dave, it depends on whether whether they have really, you know, dealers that they've... You have to kind well, of drill, be their you top dealers, drill this into them. You well, they have, they have trained this, and, and, uh, and this is only for the tournament champions. This is not for the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown, the regular uh, WPT event with, uh, with, with uh, we'll have, you know, probably thousands of players, over a thousand players probably. This is going to be a smaller tournament, probably maybe about 100 players. Uh, it's going to be former champions, so it's going to be well-known players and, and that sort of thing. So I don't think it'll be as big a problem. It's kind of an experiment, I guess, in, in some ways. This is the first time it's been used on the WPT ever. Uh, they have used shot clocks in other places, and I guess it has gone fairly smoothly. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, there's going to be a well, few people that are going to be angry about it. I'm, I'm, try to the, sabotage I'm of the, the belief. Thing. I'm of the belief is you don't like it, don't enter the tournament. Exactly. You don't like it? Don't enter the damn tournament. That's all. Just, just you know, go do something else. Go play somewhere else. Right. Uh, you know, especially if I got somebody who's telling me they want to try to sabotage this. Trust me, I'm going to be on top of them as a supervisor, very, very hard, making sure that they don't get one extra second off of that. You know, if if your intention is to do that, you don't like the way we're playing this this game. Go play it somewhere else. It's, two, it's just you know. Two of the biggest supporters uh, are. Uh, Mike Sexton and uh, Daniel Negreanu have been very vocal supporting this shot clock idea. Mike Sexton has uh, kind of championed this cause for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of uh, criticism from Christos and a few players that are unhappy about it, uh, saying that uh, you know a couple of these people have too much influence on what's going on. But when they talk to people, I think about 80% of the players that they spoke to uh, we're in support of this. Yeah, and to me, I find that number low. I, I would have imagined the percentage would have been closer to 90%. You know, it's just nobody enjoys that, Big Dave. Nobody enjoys that. Nobody enjoys sitting there and having a guy take forever to make a decision. And 8 out of 10 times or 9 out of 10 times, they're folding the hand anyway. And again, this is a tournament that's going to be televised for TV. Uh, so uh, Negreanu's point is that you know, this is important for TV televised tournaments because, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, people are really getting turned off by the slow pace of play. I mean, we talked about it last year, uh, Zvi Stern in the, uh, in the November 9, uh, on the first day of the uh, November 9 was, uh, you know, taking so much time. And, and we commented on it quite a bit last year. Yeah, and, and it was all negative press. I mean, everything that was said was all negative about it. No one said, oh, I sat there. I loved sitting there watching, you know, paint dry on the wall uh, as I'm watching these, this guy make a decision. It's, 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 listen, you want to grow, grow poker, TV has to become a big major part of it, and you have to draw big crowds for it. And the only way you're going to do that is by speeding up the game and making it more exciting that way. That there's listen, we always talk about that you need more action in football and all the sports, the more offense. Well, in poker, the offense is moving the game along and getting chips into the center of the pot. Right. Not sitting there, th you know, thinking about it. Uh, are there moments for you to have to do that? Uh, obviously, but 
it's not on every single thing, and it's you know not not in the very first round of of the game. I mean, listen, I've always been in a, uh, you know that everybody gets a certain amount of time, and then once that time clock is used up. If they're able to come up with how they're doing this plan now for the Tournament of Champions, right. where they're dealing the dealer, well, listen, everybody gets, you know, five minutes over the course of the tournament. Yeah. I, I and th- then at I that point, they, if they once took it expires, they, you get ten seconds to act. They took that out because they didn't want to have to keep a number for every single player and how much of their time banks they've used. Uh, you know, that's something that's easy to do on an online event, uh, in a computerized event. Uh, but it, when you're at the table there, it's enough work for the for the dealer to keep track, to give a 10-second count. Uh, the the guy who's really upset about this, Jordan Christos, that's uh, very upset about it, says, uh, it don't matter if I have do seven offsuit. He goes, I'm going to take the entire 30 seconds on every time, every time, every bet. Well, listen, he's come out with that comment. I tell him, listen, thanks, thanks, but we don't need you in our tournament. <laughs> I, it's true. I mean, you get an idiot like that saying that, and I don't know how great a player he, how great a player he well, is. Well, he is a good player. You he, understand? He won, he won but, the, uh... but all he's thinking about is himself. Yeah. He's not thinking about how, how we can try to grow poker. All he's thinking about very selfishly, as he just mentioned with a do seven, he's going to milk the clock. I don't want somebody like that in my tournament. Uh, he won a tournament, a big tournament out in L.A. a couple of years ago. The I'm, Le- sure Legends of gr- poker I'm sure he's a great poker player. So. I'm sure he's a great poker player. But that's just being extremely selfish. Yeah, it is. Uh, so we'll see what happens. The first time for a major WPT event that they're using a shot clock. And uh, that's where uh, all the conversation seems to be in the media and uh, among players right now. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, that, again, uh, kicks off on the 22nd. Of April, it's a week from Friday. It is the uh, last of the four major events that they're having there at the Hard Rock this week, and uh, will not affect the uh, $3,500 buy-in uh, WPT uh, Poker Showdown. Okay, well, uh, we're going to find out how much they draw on that tournament. Uh, obviously, the dealers will be key. The floor staff will have to, uh, you know, solve any problems that come up when people call the floor because they're upset. Uh, just the fact of the dealers not being used to counting out chips and announcing it before they start the clock, that'll be an extra thing. The 10-second warning will be an extra thing. And uh, I think but, that the players that are for this will try to just act quickly and not uh, affect the, uh, but, the game. But he, uh, see, I don't see an issue with that, Dave, because we're discussing the rules right now. Right. So everybody knows what they are going in. Once again, you don't like them, don't enter the tournament. Right. This is what's going to happen, you know, um, and this is how we're going to run this tournament. And until this event is televised and you see how the TV ratings come out with this, and again, I don't know how long down the line, you know, that to me is the biggest problem. It's so long in between the time that the event takes place and the time it airs on TV that for myself, I've lost interest. But this could be something very interesting just to see how it plays out as far as with the shot clock, and you get to see how the players are reacting to this time. And I think it's an exciting new concept that they're adding to the game that hopefully will carry over in the future. Right. Anyway, uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, finding out whether people would stick around for this event because uh, there's a huge tournament over in uh, Europe in Monaco. Uh, in uh, Monte Carlo, and a lot of people will be heading over there for that. So uh, we'll see what happens. That starts April 30th in Monte Carlo, and also some uh, great 
preliminary action, so a lot of people will be going directly to Europe from here. So we'll find out uh, which of the players are going to stick around and play this event, but there's a lot of added prizes that the, uh, the WPT has announced, including uh, fir- first place prize is going to be not only the, uh, the prize money, but also a, a 2016 Chevy Corvette. Oh, brand nice. new, <laughs> uh, with a base price of fifty-five thousand. Uh, so the prize pool. There's also added a hundred thousand dollars in cash to that prize pool. Uh, a Hublot watch. Uh, Hublot is one of the uh, sponsors of the WPT. It's going to be a premium poker table from BBO Poker Tables. Uh, Monster Gold headphones. A seat at the next uh, Tiger Woods Poker Poker Night. Uh, and uh, also a round of golf at Shadow Creek out in Las Vegas with uh, Matt Savage and two of his friends. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> and uh, he has some pretty high-ranking friends, so uh, we'll see who, who uh, that involves. But obviously it depends on what time you're able to make it and uh, join him out there if you're able to win the event. So it's the uh, Poker Showdown on the 15th, which is Friday, $3,500 buy-in, and the 10000 Seminole Hard Rock Poker Finale on Friday the 17th. Uh, the big high roller starts on the 19th, and then uh, next week, on the 22nd, is the uh, the big tournament, the Tournament of Champions. Yeah, let me tell you, this is uh, with all these tournaments going on, and 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 what are we about five and a half weeks away from the start of the of, of the WSOP? Yep, absolutely. Uh, May 31st and uh, June 1st, I guess, starts the Colossus. So uh, we'll be uh, checking all that stuff out as well. Anyway, a lot of action over there, a lot of talk. People are very excited about it, and uh, we're going to head back over and see uh, who we can talk to from the uh, charity event after uh, we get done with the show here. Uh, let's head to our first break here. We want to tell you about our friends at Gulfstream Park. Uh, finished their uh, big Florida Derby. Uh, Nyquist, the winner, on uh, April 2nd. And they move now to their summer season. They've opened the uh, uh, the Pegasus uh, display, which is uh, pretty, interest- pretty interesting as and well. it's supposed to be a museum, right? Uh, kind of, I guess. We don't really know exactly have you what been, it is. Have you, have no, you have gotten not. any press? Have they done any press reviews have on not, what it is Have on not. It? They had a party there last Friday night, I know, but... Uh, We'll see. I, I haven't exactly heard exactly how that's going to work out. But uh, besides all that stuff, there's a great poker room over there with 20 tables. Back of the first floor casino. And they have nightly tournaments at 7 p.m., including a big one on Sunday. Uh, 15,000 starting units, uh, $100 buy-in, 2,000 guarantee, 10-minute blinds, and a 7 o'clock starting time. So that's one of the highlights of the week over there in the poker room. But there's great action throughout the day, some Juicy uh, PLO games and uh, other things that you can get involved in. Nice people, solid, competent dealers, great floor staff. Just a just a good room to uh, go on a regular basis and enjoy yourself. Listen, you know, with with the way Scott and Mike run that room over there with their dealers, the promotions that they have, it's it, it's a lot of fun to play poker over there at Gulfstream. They have their loyalty program called uh, Gulfstream Rewards, uh, which you can. Uh, Earn money back by uh, putting in a lot of hours during the week, and uh, you can check out all that information by giving them a call over there at 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park is located in Hallandale Beach in the south part of Broward County, and uh, very easy to get to, just a little bit east of I-95 before you get to the beaches on Hallandale Beach Boulevard and Federal Highway. The address for the uh, facility, 901 South Federal Highway in Hallandale Beach. Check it out. Gulfstream Park, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. 
Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick-six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker-playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. They'll challenge your authority because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here from our studios in Pembroke Pines, Florida. Just about uh, two miles from the Seminole Hard Rock, so very easy for us to zip back over there. Quick little ride over there. Absolutely. And uh, I'll be spending a lot of time there. I hope to try to convince myself to do more tweeting this week. Uh, uh, I just, it's just not on my radar, to be honest. I mean, all of a sudden I'll think, oh, wow, I should have tweeted something out. <laughs> uh, yesterday when I was over there, you know, it doesn't come to me uh, as I'm doing it. But I'll try to be better at it this week and uh, get a lot of information out. Uh, once I get started, I can put out several things and deliver some good information. So when I see some people there, I'll try to take a couple photos and tweet those out today. You can always follow us on Twitter at, at Poker Action Line. Uh, also, you can always pick up the show on uh, Hold'em Radio on the weekends. They've been giving us some really nice time slots on Friday nights and Saturday nights, and then uh, replay the show during the week. Also, Poker Fuse has been uh, tweeting out about the show. Uh, they carry it on. They've carried it on there for about two years now. Or longer, uh, or we could go to. You can go to our website at uh, PokerActionLine.com and uh, look at all the archives there. Click on the yellow box on the front page, and they'll take you to the archives page where you can search out some of the great interviews of the past uh, six years. 
Yeah, and we've had quite a few. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've had quite a, quite a few there. And, of course, Stitcher Radio, if you haven't uh, got involved with that app, it's a very cool app that carries a lot of podcasts, and we invite you to do that. Or iTunes. You can just search us on iTunes, and we always in, invite our listeners to uh, do a review on iTunes of the show and let them know what you think about it. So uh, uh, you can very easily subscribe to the show where every time you open up iTunes, it automatically downloads the show for free. Excellent. I want to switch gears a little bit, move back to the GPL, which uh, had their big opening week. Uh, I, I watched some of it. Uh, I don't want to say I was disappointed because I don't know what I expected, but uh, it, I'm not really... It wasn't what you got. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just sure really not that excited about watching po- other people play online poker, and I'm not involved. Uh, you know, when you're playing online and, you know, you can evaluate the games, you're into the games. But to watch six other people play online, I guess a lot of people do that on Twitch on a regular basis. Of course, a lot of the great Twitch programming involves the person who's running the game with, with a now, lot of instruction and comments on the chat box. I was hoping to watch it last night, but I worked until very early in the morning and didn't get a chance. Are they having cameras on these people as they're playing online? They were no? not in the six max games. Uh, they were in the uh, heads up. So I don't know if uh, what we're going. I think it'd just be too confusing you, to have you, eight different faces uh, going around. It's just well, that's the only way I see this particularly working. For because for one, they're telling you somebody is playing there, and I'm sure there's no issues with their integrity with that. But unfortunately, we've seen in the past and on online sites where, you know. People claiming to be somebody else were playing the games, and you know if you're trying to entice a, a, a poker audience, Dave, you got to put a little bit of the human element touch into it. You know, even I don't care that it's being played online, but I want to see Dave Lemon while he's making a decision no, on his don't. computer, no, going don't. like this. You know, <laughs> there you go. You know, or whoever, or, or whoever the well, person they, is. In all fairness, they were using that in the heads-up matches. Uh, there's heads-up <coughs> matches going on today in the Eurasian division, the Eurasian conference. Uh, tomorrow will be the Americas Conference uh, having their head-to-head matches. So uh, you can see that. I just don't think it's really practical for the six-player tables to see all those faces. But, but uh, you've got to put, you know, l- listen, I'm th- and I, again, I don't know the logistics of this and how hard it would be or how cost-effective it would be. But can you imagine, you know, you're, you're in the you know, comfort of your home. I'm in the comfort of my home. Gio's in the comfort of his home, and we're playing poker and yet we could still banter about like if we were at a at a table sitting at the same table and enjoying that and that becomes a little bit more interesting tv you know one of the thing, one right. of the great things with daniel negrano is that you love hearing him talk. You love hearing him making the the, the, the comments as he's well, as, as he's analyzing. Well, and, there is people there is people calling these matches, and they're the ones talking. It's uh, the two announcers, uh, you know, that are involved in that. Uh, I forget the name of the guy that's uh, that's doing it. A uh, British guy that's doing the uh, the play by play, but. Uh, uh, I'll get that in just a second. But okay, but here's my point right now. You, you, you don't have this gentleman's name because he's not that well known. Yeah, you're he's right. not you're that right well about known. That. You're right about so that. So you, you understand, and no disrespect to this gentleman, I'm sure he's a tremendous guy, but remember, if you're trying to grow the brand of poker, you know, you need people who are uh, of name quality. He wasn't recognizable to me, okay. first off, and I'm, a, I'm in the business. So. Okay, so, you know, it's unlike when I was hearing Antonio uh, doing, uh, you know, commentary on the main table, and, you know, he's a great player. He does that so well. Daniel and Phil, you know, 
these are poker personalities that know how to make it interesting. Um, I don't, you know, obviously we know the game. I know the game in and out as far as, you know, what goes on on both sides of the fence of, of poker. So I'm enjoying the commentary that they, they right. get into and, and some of the strategies as to why some of these people will play the way. Uh, his name is Sam Grafton, the British Sam uh, Grafton. Okay, okay. I don't know him. Uh, the uh, analyst is Griffin Banger, who is a pretty well-known player. Uh, but I have to be is honest. Is he a household I mean, name player? Uh, We've been doing I, this show for so. six years. Have we mentioned his name no, more than once no. or twice? Not, so Not really. And also know, there's Laura Cornelius and Eric Danis who uh, are in the studio, listen, the studio hosts. I'm sure they're great players and, and outstanding people. You know, and that's, that's not my point. Is where and and they're probably very competent at what they do, if if not if not downright very good at it. But um, you know, I'm thinking about this as trying to grow this, yeah. and, and, and you need and, and, and you need a personality that people can at least relate to with name. And maybe if one of these people was attached to a Daniel Negrano and, a ta- and a, right. you know, Antonio Esfandari doing the show, and they started kind of getting their own little reputation with them, you can go from there. But you know, you're starting well, something out. You need you need to start it with a big bang. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I want to get to that in just a second. Big bang because there was one this week uh, in the last <laughs> couple of days. But uh, there were some problems with uh, buffering, on, which is always can be in live streams. There can be a problem. Yeah, well, that, yeah. And there was the problems with the sound. Uh, there was some comments from some people, uh, on the, the um, poker writers, that said I uh, made it sound like they were doing the commentary out of the bathroom. You know. Okay. Uh, so some of the well, uh, technical problems were a little bit of uh, irritating, I, I guess. I, but I don't have a big issue with that because this is a, a new project that they're starting to do it in. Different style, of, you know, different concept style here yeah. that you're trying to do yeah, it we're in. giving them a chance. So, you know, you know, you've got to work out the bugs in this system. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my, my concern isn't so much with that that, yeah, it's a little annoying, but guess what? It's, it's you know, to be expected kind of with something this new, Dave. But, you know, my big thing is have somebody that people want to tune in and listen to. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a personal thing, but, you know, I love watching movies and TV shows and, and the series, but I can't watch it on my computer. I just cannot do that. I just do not enjoy that. Uh, so what I will do is uh, a lot of times I'll record things and then I'll play them on my TV set, you know. And I know if you're great with the technology, you can, you know, there's different uh, little uh uh, Ways box of, things yeah. and that sort of thing that you could watch some of those things, but uh, I will not sit at my computer where I do my writing and and uh, read my stories and things like that. I just don't like it. I, uh, I even when there's a long story that you scroll down, I'll print it out and go walk over and sit on the couch okay. and read it. And you're someone who's been doing this for six years. You're right. in the business, exactly. okay? So, you know, it sounds to me like you're only going to attract hardcore poker enthusiasts. Yeah. And guess what? You've already got those people. Well, you know, you've on, already on, got them. So on the other you've got to tweak this to where you get the. I, I keep saying you've got to tweak this to where you get the casual poker player or poker fan um, that's going to tune in and say, "Hey, let, let me see what this is all about." And then hopefully the production that you're putting on for them, they enjoy it so much so that they stay through it and look forward to seeing your next your next show. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, I want to like it and I want to uh, follow it, but I'm not 
blown away by it, and it's not really attracting me to watch it on a regular basis, I have to admit. No, and, and, and I'm somebody that really wants to enjoy it. Yeah, I know, and you've made those comments here on the show, Big Dave. Anybody goes back and listens to them, you've been one of their biggest fans from the moment they announced yeah, this. absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I wasn't that excited, but then when they did the draft and they did the teams, yeah, some of the that names. really drew me in a bit, and, you know, then again, they seem to have to have to take one step forward. They took two steps back where nothing was said about the league, yeah, how they were exactly. going to go about forward up until, what, about a week before they actually got started. And, you know, I'm not going to hold anything against them as far as any glitches and any production problems they're having because it's all so new. Well, but if, if you're familiar with the format, this is the other thing. I mean, we know that there's four players that were drafted on each team. There's been wild card a- a- added, two wild cards in each team added, including a lot of teams naming themselves the captain as one of the wild cards. So, uh, you know, there's a bunch of interesting people that we want to see play, but we're only seeing them like maybe once a week. Uh, you know, and then fact, not even then, Dave. Not even then because they're taking one player, using them in both six max matches, and then using them in the head-to-head match either either Wednesday or Thursday. So we'll see one of their players that week. We'll see another of their players oh. next week. We might not see someone that we really want to see for four weeks from now. And, and you know, this is – I think they've missed an opportunity here. And, again, not being privy to how their contracts are signed with these players. But I'm a big fan of Jason. You know, and if I knew he's going to be playing, well, he you know, is playing tomorrow. I can tell okay, you. Okay, he is playing tomorrow. The They've announced time. it already for the, first, for the first time. You know, yes. because if you go forward and say, "Hey, listen, this six-table match, you know, uh, is going to have these players for next week," you know, already get this in advance and start doing some promotional work on it. You know, whether it's through social media, or whatever. So you're seeing maybe six of the top 100 players in the world, or you know top 200 sitting at a six-max table playing each other, you know, that could excite you into wanting to watch this this match, you know, and and setting this forward that you know these people are going to play, you know. Again, I, I don't know how, what their thing is and what the scheduling conflict is with the, all the players, but, you know, if they committed to this, you know, they should try to make this really work, and I think that would work like that if you knew who was going to be playing right. at least a week in advance. Well, they are releasing the players, and you can get that stuff online. In fact, uh, like, for instance, tomorrow will be uh, heads-up matches in the America's Conference, and they've already announced it, and they play uh, they play three matches. You get three points for the win, zero for a loss. Uh, tomorrow will be Sao Paulo's uh, Tiago Nishijima against uh, Montreal's Pascal LeFrancois. San Francisco will send Phil Galfond against Jason Mercier of the Rounders. That would be a nice uh, match there. In Las Vegas, Jonathan Duhamel against uh, L.A. Sunset's Olivier Bousquet. Another great match. Those are nice matchups right there. That, 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 that's what you want to see. Yeah. And I think you want to see six max tables that are that strong, too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, here's what's happened so far. The first week, uh, the Americas Conference, uh, basically round one, uh, week number one, was won by the New York Rounders. Uh, they picked up 16 points. Las Vegas was second with 13. Uh, Montreal with 12. L.A. with nine. Sao Paulo, seven. San Francisco had six. Uh, over in the Eurasian division, Hong Kong took the early lead with 18 points. Paris with 16, London with 12. On down, the Berlin Bears picked up only three points, so they got zero in both their six max matches. matches which means was it their the same was, guy got knocked yeah, out first both exactly, times? Exactly, got knocked out uh, in the first round, and in their their heads up match, they only won one out of three. So uh, they're currently last place after week one. 
there were matches yesterday, as we taped the show here on a Wednesday. Uh, there were six max matches uh, yesterday, uh, two of them in the, in the Eurasian, two of them in the Americas. Uh, the winners, uh, the two Americas matches, uh, each one was won by one of the Oriental girls. Um, you had uh, Kitty Quo was the winner of... Uh, the first one, she plays for uh, San Francisco. And then uh, Joanne Liu uh, won the second one. She is on Montreal. So uh, Chance Cornuth finished second in that one. Second place finisher was uh, Joao Perez Simao in the first one. Anyway, there's a bunch of names that a lot of people may or may not be familiar with. Uh, the point numbers and everything, you really got to be into it to really kind of follow this thing on who's leading and that sort of thing. Uh, people in the poker world, uh, I'm not sure how they're picking it up, whether they're enjoying it or not. Well, you know, the the reputation that the top players have here, you know, people like Jason, Phil Galfon, uh, you know, we already know what type of players they are. You know, we've seen their success. We know the other players are all great players. They're ranked on the GPL. We know that. But we don't know the players per se. As you just said, it was won by the two Oriental girls who are probably tremendous poker players. And they haven't done anything to build up the players themselves. Yeah, that's and, true. And build a, an excitement for you to want to watch them, you know, highlight reel, get get to know their personality. Something where you... where. You know, you try to make this a team concept, and what's the thing with team concepts? You relate to somebody on that team, to right. the players on that team. And you, you've got to do it. And in my opinion, if you start doing something like that, you know, now, now you have a rooting interest, not just because it's that team, but because you really like that player or those two players or all of them on that team. Well, here's the interesting thing. Uh, when they added the wild cards, there was a little bit of a delay for the L.A. team, Maria Ho, uh, and now it's uh, we can kind of see why. Because yesterday they announced who their wild card would be. Uh, their last wild card player is Aaron Paul, who is an actor that played on Breaking Bad, played Jesse uh, on Breaking Bad for uh, seven years, seven seasons or six seasons, whatever, however long that was on. Has been in a couple movies since then and uh, television shows. Uh, he's a pretty well-known actor and a poker player. Uh, has played uh, in. Uh, uh, the World Series main event a couple of times, uh, supposedly a very good player, you know, whether he's on the level of a professional, that's still to be seen. But uh, I certainly would enjoy watching Jesse Pinkman play uh, Jason Mercier. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's just the star factor, whether it's uh, David Goliath type of poker scene, you know, it piques your interest to want to watch this. Okay, how how good is this actor of, as a poker player? You know, he's like you mentioned, he's played in the main event, but guess what? You and I can play in the main event. Uh, I don't know how deep he's gone in the main event. Right. Um, Not that deep, but okay. a couple, couple well, of days one so time, I think. For for either publicity reasons... Well, I think it's a tremendous move. I mean, you know, that's going to excite a lot of young people that follow these esports. And that's the, that's which the thing is what I want to go back to. Do. That's the thing I want to go back to is when I say as a as a guy in his mid-50s that maybe doesn't get all that excited watching people play online poker uh, on the computer, there's a whole new group of youngsters that are following these esports, watch people play World of Warcraft or uh, uh, Grindstone or whatever these games are out there that I wouldn't know uh, word one about how to start playing, but these people sit there and watch for hours and hours other people playing these video games and understand it completely. 
So, I don't know. Maybe that's the kind of audience they're trying to grab. I, I think that's part of it. And that's great. But, again, you want to attract all of this? Have they have they done researches with these people to find out if this is exactly trying. how they this is how exactly they want this to be done? Is that the market that they want? If they're trying to you know well, there's to, put, still- to put products out there for so people are sponsoring these events and and hopefully get a better production done because there's more money going into it. Well, again, go back to what you said about the first year. You try these things, you try to get a response, you tweak it a little bit, and then you you see what's going to happen. It's a long season. There's going to be the live play. There's going to be the cube. There's going to be people standing up with a shot clock and that sort of thing. Uh, There's going to be some really interesting things, and I don't think you can evaluate it until you see what's going to happen. And this is just the very start. But, you know, I'm someone who is very excited about this thing, and it's not really hitting me uh, to the point where I'm uh, dying to watch and, it. And, again, day. we're in week, what, two this week, week that they two. just finished yes. their second uh, matches. So hopefully they're tweaking it and, and getting it to an area where they're more comfortable with. Obviously, they've had production problems. Hopefully those will be very small uh, going forward. Uh, they'll get that corrected. Um, again, I just... My mind works in a different way, I guess, yeah. than a lot of other people. The way I would promote this this sport, the style of play that I would put forth from a team concept. For someone like you said, we're in our mid fifties. This is, you know, I've, I've watched sports since I'm a little boy. You know, played in them. I know what it what it what attracts me. And again. Maybe our problem is, Dave, what you just mentioned, that we, we, we didn't grow up in the computer era right. where, where, no, <laughs> where, where all these young people have. And I also look back at teams. I always laugh at some of the jokes. I think it was on Seinfeld maybe for the first time. And, and you know, at one time in our careers, George Brett played for Kansas City his entire career and Al Kaline. And, and these players played, and they were a part of a certain team that you followed all through the years. Now guys play a couple years. They get traded. They're free, free agents. Agent, they move exactly. on and on. They're, and and – and it's got to the point where on Seinfeld the guy said, uh, "You know, we're not, we're not, we're cheering for laundry. <laughs> we're not cheering for yeah. any kind of players or teammates." He goes, "We're cheering for laundry, and it's just uh, you know, it's a certain uniform they're doing, and you know, that's that's changed in sports, and it's changed here in this game too." Coincidentally, we're doing the show on the night that Kobe Bryant plays his last right, game for exactly. the Lakers, twenty-year career. Was it uh, last year or the year before last? Jeter finished his 20-year career right, with the, the Yankees. Yankees. Yep, and you just don't see players like that anymore mm-hmm. in any sport that, that go a for, whole career. For every guy like that, you see five guys that have, have been on ten different major league teams. <laughs> You're lucky if it's only ten, you know? Yeah, exactly. So uh, so I don't know what the answer to that is, uh, you know, um, Having said all that, you know, I'm excited about getting online when they open their store and buying a L.A. Sunset uh, polo shirt. <laughs> well, those of you out there who don't know, my partner loves getting all different types of shirts and jerseys from all different sports teams. He has Absolutely. quite a collection. Absolutely. That's all I got. That's all. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to give this thing every opportunity to succeed in our minds and uh, certainly will continue to promote it. Uh, you know, it's not for everybody, but... But uh, I, I think it's a great effort at trying to grow the game. And as uh, I spoke with uh, Chance Cornuth and, and Jason Mercier for a story that I wrote for Annie Up that's coming out uh, uh, in a couple of weeks about their thoughts going in, uh, Jason said, listen, I'll do anything to uh, help uh, support a, a new poker boom. 
He said we had one with Moneymaker in the in, in 2003 and after, and the great online explosion of the game, and the government's done some things to cut back on it. But he said he would do everything in his power to try to bring on another one and make the game super successful. And this concept has has that in mind, I'm sure, and has probably the right idea to try to get there. Now they're just going to make sure they put all 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 their all all their eggs in that one basket that pushes it forward and makes them do everything the way that that entices the poker players to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, when we get back, we'll uh, talk, we'll have Joe put on his strategy hat, and we'll discuss an article uh, written by Rep Porter in uh, the Card Player magazine, one of the later ones, uh, latest ones, uh, I think it came out in the middle of March, and uh, has uh, Robert Petrangelo on the cover. Uh, But a great article that uh, talks about the difference in your position at the table and how that changes things, especially post-flop, how that changes your hand. Yeah, let me tell you, it's a very interesting reading. uh, Well, save it for after the break. Don't get into it No, no, I'm not going to get into it. It was just very, very interesting, and I love the the point of view that Rep takes on this. Okay, and Joe's going to lead the discussion on that when we get back. But first, let's uh, remind you about Gulfstream Park. Don't forget that uh, even though the big winter meet is over or coming, to a close, I should say, uh, with the end of the Florida Derby uh, on April 2nd. They're winding down things here in April, and it's actually going to be a new season, but it's continuous racing, and there's still uh, great stuff there. Certainly every reason to go out there uh, Wednesday through Sunday for some great racing, but uh, it's the poker room that attracts us the most. Uh, there's certainly a lot of other things to do there, including great restaurants and stores and shops and, and clubs in the uh, village of Gulfstream Park. All that stuff is there, so it's a, really a place where you can take the whole family and have a great weekend uh, day or weeknight or uh, whenever you go out there and enjoy racing. Uh, you can go over and go bowling at Strike 10. You can go have a meal at uh, Frankie's or the Adina Wine Bar and Grill or Brio's or or one of the other great restaurants there. All kinds of things to do. But uh, the thing we like to concentrate on is playing poker, and uh, we certainly do that there. Uh, I played in a tournament there about a week ago and uh, had a great time. Uh, they have a tournament nightly at 7 o'clock, so you can head over there and play in one of those events. Uh, different uh, price points as far as uh, buy-ins and number of chips that you get. For all the information, you should call the poker room and find out what day is best for you. Uh, they still have a PLO tournament on Wednesdays, and although we do the show here and it's tough for us to play, I think I'm going to head over there since it's at 7 o'clock and we're taping the show a little earlier in the day, maybe go over and get in one of those because they have a $350 high hand in that tournament, which is pretty cool for that a is PLO very tournament. Nice. That is very nice. So when I get those quad aces, uh, <laughs> you're going to be ready to cash in. <laughs> anyway, uh, check out the poker room. We, it's on the first floor casino. The back part of that room, as you head in down the breezeway, you turn to the right and go into the first floor casino and then circle around to the back. 20 tables of uh, great poker action continuously. 24 hours on the weekends, uh, 18 hours during the week. Uh, so any time uh, is a good time to play uh, poker at Gulfstream Park. Great stuff. Lots of entertainment, lots of fun, lots of excitement. It's located in the southern part of Broward County, Hallandale Beach. Tell them the big Dave and Joe sent you over. Gulfstream Park, welcome to the playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. 
The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe winding things up here uh, on another edition of Poker Action Line. A couple of results before we get to this uh, uh, this strategy uh, article by Rep Porter from uh, Car Player Magazine. But I do want to mention uh, in the Seminole uh, series, the Showdown series over there, they had a great 570 tournament with a million uh, guarantee. And the winner was uh, Ruslan Deichstein who uh, defeated Robert Mishraki. There was actually a chop at the very end there. I think uh, Dijkstein took about an extra 10,000, uh, had 184K, and Robert uh, took home 174. Uh, third place went to Casey Kaplan, fourth place to Darren Rabinowitz. Uh, 2,923 players in that one. Uh, they had went several uh, opening sessions, six opening sessions, and the guarantee uh, was smashed as it, was a million guarantee, and the prize pool ended up being one point four six million. Yeah, that's nice for five seventy. Yeah, that's nice. So uh, yeah. Ruslan uh, Dijkstein, who uh, actually won uh, the uh, uh, WSOP circuit event in Palm Beach about three years ago, I think the main event over there. So he's known in this area. He does play here occasionally. Uh, he was the winner of that big event over there. Also, I wanted to mention uh, a friend of ours on the show. Uh, Maurice Hawkins uh, picked up a win in the uh, on the circuit up in Council Bluffs, Iowa, uh, the main event up there. Uh, check out the hair. <laughs> Dyed his hair blonde. Looks like Dennis Rodman or something. Is he trying know. to fit in a little better over I there guess. up in Iowa? Or what? <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, both 
both players, uh, he went down with uh, uh, Ryan Fan. Uh, Fan had a 3-1 to one advantage in the final showdown, but Hawkins made the comeback. And on the final hand, uh, uh, the board was 8-4-4, and Maurice had 4-3. Uh, and uh, Ryan Fan had 6-4, so uh, Fan was actually uh, leading there, and then a three came on the river. So uh, giving Maurice the victory there, uh, and he takes home uh, 113000 for that one. That was up there in uh, Iowa. Iowa Bluffs. Council Bluffs. Council Bluffs, excuse me. So also, I also wanted to mention uh, the top 20 and the player of the year standings here. Ari Engel on top, Anthony Gregg second. Dietrich Fast, who won the main event out in Los Angeles earlier this year, is third. Bryn Kenny, fourth. Steve O'Dwyer is in fifth. Uh, Joe McKeon right now is in ninth place. And Chance Corneth is 17th. So I'll just give you an idea of what's going on in the world of poker. And let's get to this little article. Uh, It's called uh, Changing Hand Values Post-Flop. It's written by Rep Porter, who we had on the show about uh, back in January, uh, first week of January. And Rep is... uh, the uh, lead instructor for his own site called thepokeracademy.com, which we uh, we checked out a couple of their uh, shows. Uh, you know, it's really kind of just a, it's it's to bring you on to sign up for some of their lessons. And uh, he's a great teacher, uh, but unfortunately, I think you cannot reveal too much on some of these uh, seminars. Webinars, these free webinars. Yeah. Right. So you get involved, you see what it has to offer. But uh, tell us a little about this article, Joe. Uh, we all know that people talk position in poker and how important that is. Uh, maybe get into some of the things he discussed here and uh, what the concepts are. Well, like you said, Dave, position is very big in poker, but he takes a very unique point of view here where he's talking about position post-flop as to your partner. Now, that doesn't mean that you're late in the button. He, he, he describes one particular hand, and, and as you mentioned earlier on, this is from the Card Player R, uh, magazine that uh, was the March 16th issue. Okay. Okay, for anybody out there who wants to read the, the column itself. But he he uses a very good example, Dave, where he uses, you know, uh, what he calls value hands drawing hands, okay? And he sets a scenario up of five players, all of them with roughly about the same stack, stack size of about 30,000 big blinds, and you're at the 100-200 with a $25 ante. So it's relatively early in in the tournament. You know, you've got a lot of money to play with, and, you know... He describes a hand where, you know, the pot's been raised a total of $900. You've called that $900, and so have, um, you know, three other players along with you and the raiser. So you've got five people seeing a flop, Dave. Now, in his scenario here, which is very, I find it very interesting, he writes down, you call this with a 10-9 of hearts, okay? And the flop came ace, ace of hearts, queen of diamonds, five of hearts. And, you know... It's and your position a, it's, you're, is you're you're not you're, you're, I mean it's, it's not a great flop for you because all you're really drawing to here is a flush, okay? But he goes on to describe very nicely where if if the razor was someone that somebody that was three or four off the button, okay? And let's say you had the razor, you had the person next to the razor call, the button call, and the two blinds call, okay? You're in a very interesting position depending on, you know. And your, for your position in this first example is one off the button. 
one off the button in this particular hand, and the two blinds check, and then the razor, you know, hits the pot. Right. You know, let's say that razor puts in $1,200 now into into this pot of about $4,500. You're, you know, you're looking at, well, you know, I've got a draw here. You know, it's a drawing hand. And he actually goes into the math of telling you that uh, the pot is not giving you the proper odds okay. uh, here, okay, for you to make this call. Uh, his math has it as uh, the pot is offering you a 35 and you need a 4.25 to make the call, okay? I'm not a big proponent on always doing things by the number. I think poker's a game of field, Dave. But taking that aside, he seems to almost think of, well, you know, you, you're probably going to want to make that call, but here are the issues with that. And you've got three players stacked right behind you, not to mention someone could be raising, and, you know, correctly so as he says somebody could have been somebody could be calling you with the queen jack of hearts which now has you completely dominated right, for right. the flush you know you you're, you're drawing pretty bad with that with that 10 9 of hearts now and if that's what you thought in your head it would it would be easier if someone repopped the pot behind you and then you, you have to let, you, get have, out. you have to get out of that hand, but you threw money in already. So he says basically the call is the play to make, but it's closer to a fold Ex- than you might think. Is exactly. What he says. Exactly. It's this is more this is more of where I don't think he wants to let the hand go, but depending on the dynamics of your table and the players that are that are there behind you, then you're more than likely going to let this hand go unless you know that that you can get a smooth call from everybody else and nobody's going to answer. Now, instead of being one off the button, he suggests what you're happens if blind. you're the big blind. Which that means a different position. Which now, on that particular round, actually puts you as the button after the the, the initial razor comes out betting. Right. Because you're going to be last to act. Bef- you know. So if there isn't a raise into you and there's two or three callers, it becomes an easy call for you just because, first of all, you know, now the numbers are more than supporting a call from you. He says that's the difference in this particular hand because you know no one's going to pop that pot after you. So you're going to see the next card. You're going to see the turn card for, for, for that price of the bet that he just put in there. While when you're one off the button, you've got – you can get, you know – Three bet, four bet before it gets back to you, and now you've thrown more chips into a pot that you you cannot possibly continue in. And you know, a lot of novice players out there don't don't think that way. And you know, sometimes you lose sight of that. And that's the, I think that's an excellent point of view that Rep hits here is your positioning not only matters pre-flop, but he's giving you great examples as to why how important it is post-flop depending on where the raises are and where you're sitting when you made the call. And the size of the raises also, right? Exactly. You know, the, this is a scenario where, you know, he's saying all things being equal as as he breaks it down here because, uh, you know, the, he's telling you everybody's starting with 30,000 in chips or the stack sizes are relatively equal there. So he's giving you a scenario. I mean, all of this obviously changes if you're short stacked, if you're the chip leader trying to push the table around. But... 
th- this is actually a very good strategy at the beginning of a tournament where most people, you know, where not most people, everybody is starting with the same amount of chips. And the other thing that, of course, you can't really get into because it could be different every different time is what you've learned about those players during the tournament and kind of get a feel of how right, they play. Right, the players at your table, what they're capable of playing, what two cards are they capable of calling a raise with, what two cards do you think, you know, what's their range that you think they're capable of making a call and later and, and as you go forward a raise with you know uh, are, are they somebody who loves to to take a chance on a drawing hand and put the pressure on 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 the other players at the table right so uh, I think the best way to describe this whole thing is his approach to the game which is making better uh, having better results by making better decisions so uh, while it's very hard to write a story about a situation, he's able to give you an idea that things can change, and there's so many variables that you take into account. Exactly, and you have to be open to this. You have to understand your positioning in the game. Uh, as you just mentioned, you know, the, know your, try to know your opponents, okay? Um, that just comes from actual just studying the table, you know, and, and most poker players should know this already. Right. But for the novice out there listening to us, you know, when you're not in a hand, you know, one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got, especially early on in my poker career, is watch the players and watch how the action unfolds in front of you. And store this to memory so you know how to use this to your advantage later on, whether it's in that same poker session, down the road. I mean, listen... Uh, when I was growing up playing poker, Dave, you know, we were playing in private games, so you were seeing 70, 80% of the same players week in, week right, out. Exactly. So you're, you're making mental notes on these players as to, you know, over the course of time and, you know, should allow you to make proper decisions, uh, you know, barring a, a two or three outer coming out. You know, you're trying to catch your opponent when they're, when, when, when they're bluffing. And you know you've got them dominated, so where they're drawing out to a small amount, when they've got you dominated, and you're not going to give them any more chips, that all comes with that. And this is a great article that Rep has has written here, uh, telling you another way to look at at your positioning depending on on you know after the flop. The great answer to all poker questions, it depends. It depends. There you go. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Uh, don't forget that the uh, Seminole Hard Rock will be covering that here on the program over the next two weeks. Uh, I'll be tweeting some stuff out, so follow us on uh, poker act- at Poker Action Line. Uh, sign up uh, as a follower. We'll try to get some stuff out on Facebook if we can as well. And uh, we do want you to... Uh, Try to get some of your information on the show from here, or on on the tournament from here, this program, and uh, the things we do on social media. Uh, As far as the GPL, we'll be following that as well. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, and you're not a big Twitch person, you're not used to Twitch, you're not big uh, uh, either uh, proficient at using all the the new technology, uh, just go to to globalpokerleague.com, and on the front page uh, during the afternoon, there's some live uh, feeds there. And you can just uh, watch some of the action. I would check it out. Uh, don't take my word for it or Joe's word for it. Just uh, try it for yourself and see if you enjoy it. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of this the stuff this league is doing uh, will catch on. Not everything, of course, but uh, certainly something to follow and have a good time with. So uh, 
Uh, all these things are happening. Uh, looking forward to heading back over to the Hard Rock for the Char- Jason Taylor Charity Event, uh, which uh, starts at 7 o'clock here on Wednesday night. And then, of course, on Friday, the tournament gets underway, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Showdown uh, World Poker Tour event on Friday, and I'll be checking that out as well. So that's going to do it. Gio, thank you as usual for your help and all your work on the show. Joe, thanks for your uh, expertise and, and knowledge that you always bring to the program. And we'll line up some guests. I'll get some taped interviews that we'll carry over the next couple of weeks, and we'll have a good time here with the uh, WPT coming to South Florida in the month of April. That's going to do it for the show. We'll catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 